It is Monday, December 5th. We have the episode to fix your Monday blues. If you're blue and you're a Terp fan, you need to reevaluate. Terps are 8 0, now ranked number 13 in the country. Ravens squeak by. The Raiders win. The Commanders tie. We have college football championship preview. Terps are in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Talk Terps basketball. We have our NFL picks. We have some Christmas cheer tricky trivia. Sit back, turn it up. Let's go. You're listening to Turtleheads Podcast with your host, Dave Lee, Tricky, and Jordan. Sponsored by Jones Creek Design. The Turtles and the Royals and the Ravens. Big Willie Styles already getting jiggy with it. So let's kick the show off. Maryland basketball. Staying hot, staying undefeated. Big win against Illinois. I don't know if anybody listened. We had a mini podcast series we have going on during the Maryland basketball season. After every game, we try to get in here, throw a two to five minute preview, recap, whatever you want to call it. So when you go to work the next day, you don't look dumb. And when someone says, man, what about them Terps? You can be like, yeah, man, Juju dropped 20 or whatever the stat of the night is. And uh, we're just there to help you out so you don't look dumb at the water cooler. But um, let's go into depth about Maryland basketball. So since we last spoke, we had two wins. Uh, the biggest being we beat Illinois Friday night. Me, Dave, and Lee were there. The place was electric. Dave, you want to tell us what you saw? Yeah, absolutely. What a what an atmosphere. It was, it was good to be back in the Comcast or Xfinity or whatever you want to call it in that type of atmosphere. I know we've been to some games. It's been iffy, but that was – it was – from beginning to end, crowd was into it. Students showed up. Everybody showed up. It's a fun brand of basketball. If you haven't watched them, you should definitely watch them because that was a very good team they beat the other night. And they weathered a couple storms. It was just – it was good basketball. I mean, they hit big shots, big stops. They they run. They get out. Willard is intense on the sidelines. It's, it's just fun to watch. It reminds you of someone else, doesn't it? Absolutely. So – I don't want to turn this into a Mark Turgeon bashing hour. And and I think we've said it multiple times. Look, Mark Turgeon is probably a great guy. He's actually, I read something today, he has no desire to leave the DMV area, loves it here. That's great. But one thing we can talk about is he uh, he actually spoke for the first time since quitting on the team last year, and which has been a year, uh, December 3rd, year to the day. He actually came out and spoke. Um, he got inducted to some high school Hall of Fame that he played at out in Topeka. And uh, he just talked about how it was too much pressure on him. He was burnt out, this, that, and the other. You know, bottom line, he quit on his team. And I think what makes this even better was, first off, you had that class of Turgeon defenders all last year and for the 10 years. And uh, 
What makes it better is Kevin Willard is doing it with this team. And, of course, for the first time this year, I've now seen, well, of course he's going to do good. He has a loaded roster thanks to Turgeon. So it's just like never-ending. So I kind of want to bury the Turgeon thing just because no matter what you put out there, the defenders are going to show up for him. It's time to put it in the past. He was a terrible coach. He uh, End-game situations were terrible. And it's just proven even more that just a little bit of intensity and love for the game goes a long way. Juju, Dante, and Hakeem are just playing out of their mind. Um, Don Carey and Jameer Young, great ads. I, th- I find it interesting that uh, uh, Kevin said after the game, you know, when he sat down with those boys, he said, I'm not going to replace you. I'm going to find guys that fit well with you. And that's that's so true to how they're playing. And they're just playing great for their coach. I just, I'm in love with Maryland basketball. I told Dave, I said this was the first time I've been this excited to go to a game since probably 2004, my first ever game. I mean, I was excited for the Duke games when they named the Gary Williams court. But you got to remember, I only watched one Gary coach team in person in 2004 I didn't start going heavily to games until I got out of high school and that was towards the end of Gary's career and when Mark Turgeon took over so I watched a lot of bad basketball in person in 10 years but we did have some good teams in 10 years I don't want to take anything away from some of the players tricky you got anything you add to the Maryland basketball thing uh I have several things one um you're talking about finally uh leaving Turgeon alone uh it's kind of like when you start a new relationship the new girlfriend doesn't want to hear about the ex (laughs) so we've moved on to a a much better looking uh nicer gal in this case uh so we we don't have to talk about the past anymore and he did kind of set us up uh recruiting wise so that's one positive to take from it one other thing that uh bothers me it's not really Maryland related but uh just hearing you talk about how old you were when you went to your first game, I must be really bad at math because uh, something's not adding up here. I'm still uh, 22. I, I, you know, don't I'm, do the math. I, I, don't, I don't have my calculator head. in front of me, but uh, something's <laughs> not adding up. Uh, but no, my one question about uh, the game, you guys were there, and uh, appreciate you all uh, representing the Turtleheads. I'm sure that, that right there is worth two or three points uh, by itself. Um but my concern all season so far has been uh, Willard's rotation, getting the guys in the ball game. Uh, except for Jahari Long and his seven minutes, he had a core seven guys that all put in uh, 18 or more minutes, and the rest of the bench just sat there clapping and cheering. Um, and I thought, I mean, he did the right thing. I mean, he won the ball game, and it was a close game. Uh, but again, still would like to see some uh, some guys off the bench. Um, I just hope it's not too late. We had the easy part of the schedule when he could have mixed those guys in. So I'm, I'm watching that in the future. Uh, what do you know about this Wisconsin team that we're uh, playing next? Well, two two part answer, Dave. You wanna you wanna go with our theory why Ike and Noah probably aren't playing? Yeah, well, I, I know Ike's been hurt. He's been hurt. He's, he was sick. Uh, I know the big the big kid from. Uh, Swanton, Swanton Rogers. Right. They, uh, Willard said he's going to be a good player for me, but he's just not used to playing this competition. The high school ball he played wasn't very high level. And he just said the speed of the game right now, that's that's his issue right now. It's just catching up with the speed of the game. I, I, he hasn't said nothing on Noah, but I really think it's a defensive thing. I think it's, he reminds me of Gary to the extent that you can be a great offensive player, but if you don't buy in and play that defense, you're not going to play. 
and and the prime. You know, you'll get you'll get some spot minutes, but just like Mike Jones is yep. a prime example. Yep. Like he really had to buy into the defense before he become a contributor. I mean, I agree with you because we're going to get in foul trouble one game. We've been lucky we haven't been in foul trouble. And we kind of did versus Illinois. It's going to happen. So, I do agree with you that, like, not necessarily this game, but earlier in the season, he might have should have worked these guys in a little more when we're winning by 20 or – you know know what I'm saying? That was my point. I mean, again, with with a close game, he he did the right thing as far as uh, substitutions. But I just look back at – some of the earlier games when we had it in hand. And when you say the guy doesn't – he can't uh, keep up with the pace of the game, well, he's never played in the game. and You can't have experience yeah. without getting experience. Uh, yeah, I, I guess – I don't know if, it, if it's – I don't know if it's like a practice thing. Because, I mean, I've seen him in practice. I thought he looked good. I really thought he would play over a, mil, a million. But, mm-hmm. but that kid's impressed me. I mean, he's played great. Right, he hustles hard, man. I give him that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he, he, he's actually – He's actually done a lot better. I think we when we and Dave watched him at that first practice to now, he's improved tremendously. I think he's starting to learn his role with the team. He doesn't need to score. Yeah, if he scores exactly. two to four points a game, that's great. That what he does on the other ends of the court, the defense and the offensive rebounds, that's enough right there. The hustle that goes a long ways with Willard. And, and everyone's buying into that, just like Judy the other night. He didn't have a great game scoring, but a couple plays right before half, he got a, he got an offensive rebound, kicked it out for a three. He got the steal, and he's the one to set the screen. The high screen that got long open for the, the game winning, I mean, uh, young open for the game winning uh, three pointer. So, yeah. Even even if these guys aren't scoring, you can tell they're all involved. They're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They, they, they completely bought in. Yeah. I did another thing there at the end of the game, right before uh, Willard's interview, he yelled to them to go over and celebrate with the with the with the students. Show their so appreciation. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing, touch base on is you said you want to talk about the Wisconsin. So. Any betting people out there, I would venture to take the under unless it's really low Tuesday night. Wisconsin plays almost spitting image, hard defense. Now, Wisconsin is not very talented on the offensive end. I've watched them. They did beat Kansas, but they are just – they are scrappers. It, oh, it's no, good. they lost to Kansas, but it was only by one. Oh, okay. Who'd they yeah, beat and down and in? It's always tough to go there and win games no matter what. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, trust me, I'm, I'm not overconfident. I think – I'm I'm anxious. I'm more anxious to see how we we play down there. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm agree. excited for it though. The Big Ten's gonna be bad all year. We just watched Northwestern beat Michigan State at Michigan State. We watched Indiana get spanked by Rutgers last night. So the Big yeah, Ten what, is gonna be a battle. And what was the final of the Creighton and uh, Nebraska game day? I know that was close at halftime. Yeah, Creighton lost again. Yeah, who would have thought that Nebraska yeah, beating Creighton? So. But overall, eight and zero can't be. I mean, you can't do much better than that. Um, I know we talked about this four-game stretch. Illinois, Wisconsin, UCLA, and Tennessee. One game down, three to go. We go two and two. It's a win. We go three and two or three and one. It's great. You go four and zero. Oh, we'll go ahead and take a trip to the Final Four. But yeah, if uh, we go four and zero, oh, we will be a top five team at the end of the stretch. But yeah, we, we get, I, I would I would take two and two right now with having one game down. Yep, but I Tennessee agree with that. Looks really good. Yep. And and Wisconsin, I think I think I'm more confident about the UCLA game than the other two games. Yeah, beginning of the season, that was actually one of my most scared games to be part of UCLA. And I tell you now, I'm with you. I think I think that's a probably our our go to game that well, we, it's, I see it's as a win. home game. And if we can get the same crowd with the same atmosphere, it's tough for teams to win in that kind of atmosphere. So yeah, I agree. Go Terps. So you know, if you're an AWL, you know the 
the Turtleheads love a good power ranking, a good a good Mount Rushmore, anything to put a number to make us feel like we're important. So John Ralstein actually tweeted out from FanDuel uh, his top 20 Maryland players from the 21st century. And I know Lee would love to get in on this. Um, Lee is out this week. He does have the vid. So if you see Lee, run the other way. So John Ralstein's top 20. I think everybody knows Juan Dixon, Grievous Vasquez, Steve Blake, Lonnie Baxter, Chris Wilcox, John Gilchrist, Drew Nicholas, Mello Tremble, Jalen Smith, Anthony Cowan, Byron Mouton, Nick Kenner Medley, Bruno Fernando, DJ Strawberry, Kevin Herter, Jordan Williams, Terrence Morris, James Giss, Ryan Reynolds, Taj Holden. So I think the overall, I think that's a good list, but I think we all admitted he tried a little too hard to put some Gary knowledge on everybody, a couple old heads. And there was a couple of notable people that were left out. But with, we're not going to ruin that for anybody. What we're going to have is me, Tricky, and Dave. We're going to do our top 20. Dave, you have pick number one. Tricky, pick number two. I'll go three if everybody's good with that. And we'll just go back to Dave, Tricky, me. Dave, Tricky, me. Everybody good with that? Fine with me. Yeah. All right, Dave. I, and like I said, in all honesty, I think let's – I mean, who do you have number one, Dave? One. Yep. Yeah. And, and just remember, this is top 20 in the 21st century. I think a lot of people uh, forgot about that too. So uh, – Tricky, do you want to take number two? Yeah, I know uh, Dave is probably the biggest Gravis Vasquez uh, fan that I know. Uh, but um, And I want to put Blake there, too, because we couldn't have won without him at the point. Um, always been a Lonnie Baxter guy, man. That dude held it down, down low. Um, yeah, but I, I think because of the uh, – the leadership on that championship team, I've got to go with Blake at number two over Vasquez because he, he won the chip. And I've got to take Grievous. Um, what a great career. What a great player for Gary. Basically, Gary's last shining star before he retired, and he led them to the 2010 co-ACC championship regular season. Dave, number four. Oh, yeah, it's got to be Lonnie. I mean, I, I agree with Chris about I definitely have Blake in front of Lonnie, but I do I did have Vasquez second. You knew that trick. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, but but yeah, Blake just like I mean both of them that team, but like without Blake it don't run, you know. So and now you can have all the wands and Lonnie's you want, but if Blake's not on that team, we do not have that trophy. Agree. So, and, uh, but I say Lonnie number four. So now I think before we get into number five, this is where the waters get muddy. A lot of great players, I would say five through ten, maybe five through fifteen. But this is the topic we all talked about. How do you compare a one-year player, a two-year player, and a four-year player? How do you compare those players? So let's see what we're working with. Chris. Number five? Yes, sir. Uh, this may surprise some of you, but it's kind of like what you just said about a four-year player and uh, overall contribution to the team. Uh, Rothstein had him in the uh, the lower half of his list, but uh, I want Terrence Morris there. Terrence Morris – was a hard-nosed player, played three positions practically. You know, he was guarding guards and forwards, and uh, I, I love watching him play because um, I'm looking at the other guys. I, I, I respect him more than I do uh, Chris Wilcox and his contributions. Uh, Gilchrist was a fine player, as was Drew Nicholas. But, uh, yeah, it's my pick, so give me Terrence Morris. I actually like that pick. I thought Terrence yeah. was a low on John's list. And I'll say another thing about Terrence. Like, I know this is 21st century, but in 1999, he probably could have left and been a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. He came back, and he took a back seat and did what was best for the team. That's right. 
you know, like he, I mean, because when he was playing with Francis, he was the star. Like him and Francis, like a lot of, like he definitely could have went, probably would have bettered himself as a pro because he probably would have got guaranteed money. But, but he was definitely a catalyst on that 01 uh, Final Four team. So, and a true Turk. Yep. Yeah. He a Turk. Um, so that leaves me with six. Once again, there's a lot of good players, but I'm going to do something a little different, just like Tricky. Man, I'm going to put Mello at six. The reason being is Mello basically changed that program for those three years. Mello was a great player. And like Dave said, Mello could have left his freshman year and might have been a top first-round pick. I'm not saying he's going to be a lottery pick, but he definitely would have been a first-round, maybe a second-round pick. But he came back. And and just like Terrence, maybe wasn't as good as those freshman sophomore years. He kind of went down a little bit. But Mello was a great Terp, great big shots, and uh, just a great player for the University of Maryland. Dave, seven. <laughs> it's me? Yeah. I mean, I got to give it to just – I mean, even if he only played one week in his whole Terrapin career, I would get put in this eye on this list. And that's John Gilchrist. Yep. He, he won us at ACC tournament in 04. And he was a good player too, but like he was just out of his mind that day, that weekend. And I know Tricky probably don't like that pick too much, but no, I, I have no problem with that one. Um, I'm yeah, glad he yeah. didn't go any higher. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah, I think he definitely was a. I mean, he was out of that was a fun weekend. That, besides the national championship weekend, that weekend was as fun a weekend as I've ever had watching Maryland basketball. So. Yep, agree. Number eight, Tricky. Well. I'm a little uh, biased because uh, I was old enough to watch uh, much of Gary's uh, coaching career at Maryland and uh, especially that uh, championship team. And it wasn't a really big deal when he got a transfer from some small school in Texas, but uh, Byron Mouton was a key contributor on a lot of, on several of the Maryland teams, especially the championship team. We were talking earlier about guys that did the dirty work, and uh, he was one of them. Uh, not the most celebrated player in uh, Maryland history, but if we're talking about the last 22, 23 years, uh, I'll never forget the uh, contributions of Byron Mouton, so it's up to me to put him this high on the list. I like that pick, and I'm not going to let this man fall any further. Maybe the most talented athlete on the court in 2002 Mr. Chris Wilcox at number nine. Dave, 10. Yeah, I'm going to go with another guy that I think took a step back for what was best for the team for three years. And then his senior year, hit probably one of the most memorable shots in Maryland history in the NCAA tournament. I'm going to go with Drew Nicholas. Yep. Good pick. So that goes to number 11, Tricky. Yeah, I almost had uh, Drew Nicholas as my last pick, too, because, yeah, he, he sacrificed for the betterment of the team. That's an excellent call. Um, I'd like to put uh, Kevin Herter as, as my next pick. Uh, again, not the best player on the team, but but he certainly showed improvement uh, each year he played for Maryland. And I think something should be said for uh, the pro career he's having, if uh, that has any bearing on this list. Because uh, he's still making Maryland look good. So, uh, once a Terp, always a Terp. And, uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Big Kev. Now, this one might not be as flashy. He's not even on John's top 20. This is one of the ones we talked about that got stubbed, snubbed. I'm going with a transfer 
that you could argue saved Turgeon's job even more than Mello. The man was a baller. The man was a hustler. Dez Wells. Dave, your pick, number 13. All right. I guess with 13, I'm going to go with uh, Nick Kane or Medley. Yep, great Good career. Good I mean, yeah. But dislocated his ankle in that 03 game. We might have beat Michigan State and had another Final Four. Yep, because that was the Final – 03 and 2010 were the two years where if we didn't get bounced from Michigan State, we had an easy road to the Final Four. Uh, tricky, 14. Well, uh, someone that was discussed earlier this week uh, that was not on the list, uh, his game reminded me of Mike Martisich. Maybe a little before your time, Jordan, but not all of us are tw- in our 20s. Uh, but uh, Alex Lynn, uh, big man, not the most athletic player, but uh, – Took more elbows than, than anybody else would want to take uh, standing underneath the rim and uh, really uh, provided a presence for us. And uh, we won a lot of games with Alex Lynn. And I was very disappointed not to see him in Rothstein's top 20, so he's in mine. Sadly, me with 15. I'm torn. I'm torn between a, a great player that got drafted in a lottery and a man – who, if he wasn't on that 2010 team, I don't know how good they would have been as a freshman. Mr. Double-Double himself, Jordan Williams. 16, Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn too because I really like DJ Strawberry here, but I don't feel like, like Cowan had such a great career and his numbers are so high. So, I think I'm going to go with uh, Cowan here. 17, Tricky. I really want to put DJ on there, but I just think that he could have been a much better basketball player. It didn't seem like he worked on his game enough when he was getting a lot of recognition. I mean, he got drafted into the NBA. Uh, and um, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix, that's right. But he just – he never – well – Gravis is another one. Mello is another one. They had a certain particular set of skills, but they didn't work on their weaknesses. Um, so I, I don't want to take uh, DJ right here. I'll take somebody else that's not on the list, and that's uh, Jake Lehman. 18. I think he's fallen far enough. I'm going to take Jalen Sticks-Smith. Uh, what a jump he had from freshman to sophomore year. Freshman year, he was good. Sophomore year, they called him, instead of Sticks, they called him Logs. So, uh, and he's having a pretty good darn pro career. Dave at 19. Yeah. See, I look at, at DJ a little different. I thought he overachieved at Maryland. And I always thought he was a little bit undersized for the positions he played. And he always had to guard the best guy on the other team. And he had an injury, too. Didn't he tear his ACL? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I want to put him there. I still want to put him on the list, but I just don't think – I think Bruno should be on the list. So, I think I'm going to go with Bruno here. So, that leaves you, Tricky, with our last pick, number 20. Here's some names that we have not mentioned yet. Taj, Ryan Randall, James Gist, and DJ Strawberry. So, those are the ones we've left off that uh, John had on there. No Diamond Stone? <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I wouldn't be invited back to the uh, the pod studio if uh, I took Diamond like, Stone. Hey, I, I like Diamond. Yeah, I like Diamond I, too. I think I think Diamond was put in a bad like the the system just wasn't right for Diamond no, Stone. Not at all. Well, I think he's found the correct system now in whatever foreign country he's playing in. Yeah. Because uh, I think he was one of those million dollar body, ten cent brain kind of guys. Oh yeah. Uh, hey, that's hey, that summed it up right there. So, so who you got God bless 20, him. Uh, he's not in my top 20. Uh, I'm not putting Sleepy Randall on there, that's for sure. I thought he was a major underachiever. I don't know if anybody yeah, else and, called and him you that. You can't but, have oh, him yeah, on there and hold him not on there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So that that's really uh, where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do it because uh, uh, Taj shouldn't be left off this list. I'm sorry he dropped a 20, but uh, I'll, I'll get him in there. Give me Taj holding for the last Yeah, because he, he's another guy that – would have been a stud probably anywhere else, but for three years he played behind guys, and and he hit big shots for us. Yep. But at 01 against Stanford, he hit big three pointers and yeah, he was a little before his time, a stretch four. You know, mm-hmm. back then you didn't see that as much. Yeah, so. But I think that's a pretty good list. Um, I think we have more business doing a top twenty for Fanduel than John Rothstein. Um, well, we definitely know more about the shirts than John Rothstein. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I a mean, no-brainer. Honorable mention has to be, uh, DJ. Um, I have a hard time putting Sleepy Randall as honorable mention. I mean, good player, but uh, James Giss was a great player for us. Um, hey, Eric Hayes, Landon Melbourne, they weren't top 20, but they how were about, great. How about, how about Jamar Smith? Jamar Smith, yep. I mean, he had another great weekend, Juco transfer. But Eric Hayes, um, Landon Melbourne, I mean, some of the people that we that Gary, they call it random turds. Gary shined them turds up pretty good, if you ask me. Um just great memories, bringing a lot back. But there's your top 20 by Turtleheads of your Maryland Terrapins from the 21st century. I like turtles. So, staying on the turtle subject, Maryland football, after a good year. Everybody, I think, can agree, good year. Uh, they've been selected to play in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. They'll be playing old ACC rival North Carolina State. The series is tied at 34 apiece all time, just to let you know. So it's the tie-breaking game, I take it. But um, it's in Charlotte, so I know Damien's tickled death. Probably get a lot more fan base, and it's a little bit after Christmas, December 30th. So should get a decent turnout from the Terps. Um, obviously, NC State's probably going to have a bigger presence. Um, it beats going to Phoenix or Detroit. What are you all thoughts? you think we could win that game? I do, and I'm glad to see it. Uh, you and I, Jordan, had been texting back and forth earlier in the week about our possible uh, bowl seating, and uh, I was just afraid that they were going to put us up against some juggernaut team that was just going to beat the pants out of us and kind of put a down note on our season. But, uh, no, we could definitely get a win here, and that's going to pad coaches' stats a little bit. I mean, it's win or lose, it's not going to make our season any better, but it'll look better in the uh, – the win-loss column, obviously. But, no, I think it'll be a competitive game. And uh, I would be uh, very surprised if we couldn't uh, take down NC State because they played in a weaker conference and they weren't any great shakes this year. But they're not a bad team. So, I think we'll get a good game and Maryland should should come out uh, victorious in that, I would think. Dave, what do you got? Yeah, I'm I'm right on the same lines as Chris – I haven't watched NC State play, but I, w- I was kind of leaning with him, agreeing when I was seeing like teams like Oklahoma and stuff thrown up there. I was like, that don't line up good for us, you know? 
Yeah, that was the one that I saw too. That's the yeah, one Jordan so, and I were talking about. I said they're just going to feed us to some great team that had a bad year, and then they'll just make us look stupid. But I don't think yeah, that. And it, be the it case. should be a good crowd. It's in what Charlotte, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's on a Friday, uh, so people can go down there and take a long weekend. I think we'll have a great crowd. So I think everything lines up. I mean, I've seen a couple guys aren't playing, so I'm, I'm still real, real curious to see what Rakeem Jarrett does. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he plays. But, so, I mean, I mean, with these guys not playing, like, what these games are even more meaningless to me. Yeah. But, I mean, I still want us to win, you know, but. I, uh, like he said, like he said, win or lose, they made the bowl. That's the most important thing. People can go out there. I guess it's good for recruits to play in this bowl. Probably a little, I don't even see where playing this bowl even has an impact on recruits. Not really. I mean, but it's good for the program. It's it's like we said last week. It's steps in the right direction, but it's time to make a bigger step. You know. Indeed. The uh, the so. one thing I will say about the bowl game, which I learned last year, because I'll be the first to admit college football isn't my forte, but one thing I learned is it's actually helps the program tremendously because now they get to continue these practices to till the up to the bowl game, and it it does good for further season. You know. You have like Colorado where Dion's stepping in. Those boys ain't gonna play no football or practice as a team. And you know, Dion's going back to Jackson State to coach in the bowl game. But it just helps build that program. And that's what Locks is trying to do. And and I'm still holding in there, granted. I don't think he's the greatest coach by no means, but all we ask for is eight to ten wins, maybe, a year, and he's got a chance to get eight. So can't be too unhappy. And staying on the recruit side, old Nicholas Harbor was at the game Friday night. The dude looks like a pro. Uh, he's down to us in South Carolina. Um, at first, Lee goes, is that Jalen Smith? He does look a lot like Jalen Smith in college. Of course, Jalen shaved off the top of his hair. But uh, they were definitely rolling out the red uh, carpet for him. They had everyone out. I mean, he was talking to SVP. He was talking to Gary. They were – the fans were showing him love. He was talking to – what's his, is his name? I don't want to. It's like Talifa or something, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Everybody knows. Like you said, everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, so. they had him sit next to him, front row seat to the court side. Yeah, um, and I did I did read today that his, his family said that was the first college basketball game they had ever been to, any of them, since like, moving to the U.S., and they said they had a great time. And they, he's actually coming back in a week or two for another visit. That's huge. Like I said, he's a, so, he's a, he's a program changer. That dude – the day he walks on campus, he will be starting for Maryland Terrapins. He's probably he'd be one of those kids that'd be top. And he's he's local. I, I mean, he's he's in the DMV, so that's that's the whole thing with Willard and Locks. So keep them boys in the DMV. But uh, go back to that basketball game. It was basically a fan's fair of terps. I mean, Talifo, SVP, Gary Williams, Andre Collins, Sean Mosley, uh, Gary Baxter. Anybody else I'm missing? Dave, Jimmy Patsos, which me and Dave got to chat it up with Jimmy Patsos. Wow, we're sitting there in the. Uh, Jimmy, if you're listening, we're sitting there in the traffic jam, and I see this car keep edging up, trying to get in front of me. I was like, this car ain't going nowhere. And I look over, it's Mr. Jimmy Pato. He's probably operating at about a 1-0. I roll the window down, I go, Jimmy! And he's like, go ahead. I think he thought I was going to give him lip. I said, Jimmy! He's like, hey! And I said, uh, thank you. Thank you for that hire of Kevin Willard. And he says, you're welcome. So, you know, me, Dave, and Jimmy, and Lee, we're all just boys. So, it was a great turnout. Great to see the support. So, go Terps, football and basketball. Pick your poison, baby. We
Week 13 NFL Football. What? Starting off Thursday night, a little AFC East battle, the Bills and Patriots. Josh Allen, once again, too much as they win 24-10. to 10. And in Atlanta, Kenny Pickett carries the Steelers over the Falcons, who just can't seem to win the close game. Steelers win 19-16. Aaron Rodgers called him out, saying he was their daddy last year, and on a down year, the Packers proved once again Aaron Rodgers is still the Bears' daddy. They win 28 to 19. Welcome to the Power Rankings, Detroit Lions, who Jared Goffed the Jaguars 40 to 14. They scored on all eight of their possessions, did the Detroit Lions. The J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 fall short as they try to come back and beat the Vikings, but the Vikings stay hot with a 10-2 record, 27-22. In a complete waste of everyone's time, the Commanders play to an overtime 2020 tie against those New York football giants. They get a chance to try it again in two weeks. Staying at number one, our power rankings, the Philadelphia Eagles whop up on the Titans 35-10. to I thought this was a city of brotherly love. In the closest game of the week, the Tyler Huntley-led Baltimore Ravens continue to prove why Russell Wilson was a big mistake for the Broncos as the Ravens barely win 10-9. Deshaun Watson is fresh out of a massage parlor and he's off to Houston to face his old team and he's just too much for the Texans. Browns 27, Texans 14. And the Flying Genos continue the NFL's beatdown of the once mighty former Super Bowl champion Rams. Geno's 27, Rams 23. We head off to the Bay. The Dolphins and Tua, who was undefeated as a Dolphins starter this year, head to the 49ers. Do they go to Candlestick? Nope. But are these the 49ers of old? They look too good. But Jimmy G does go down with the injury. 49ers win. 33-17. In probably the most exciting game of the week, Joe Cool takes over as the best quarterback in the NFL, taking down the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes here, 27-24. Yeah, you got any ketchup? And then your Raiders win again. Josh McDaniels is getting the icy hot out, and he's going to cool down his hot seat if everything he can tricky. Raiders 27, Chargers 20. And the Cowboys score again. Sunday Night Football, Cowboys demolished the Colts so bad the Colts went into the losing formation. 54-19. And the moment everybody's been waiting for again. I know this is what you all look forward to every week. Your Turtle Heads NFL Power Rankings. Um, Tricky, did you start off last week? I think I did. did. Yep. I had number one. Dave, why don't you go ahead? Number one. I mean, I got to give it to the Eagles. After that show they put on the day, I mean, I think they just are edging the Chiefs out. Yeah, Eagles. Agree. Tricky, too. Number two. Uh, that's where the plot thickens a bit. Uh, but, um, you know, 
Dallas is looking good. They're not exactly crushing the Colts tonight, though. Uh, Bills are still solid, um, but not juggernauts. But I think you know where I'm going. And uh, there are some AWLs out there. They're going to love this pick. How about those Minnesota Vikings? Yep, I have to agree. And like you said, it gets thicker as we go into three. I hate to say this, the Bengals are starting to play good football. Miami looked terrible today. San Francisco is looking good, but like you said, Jimmy G may be out for an extended period of time. My Ravens, mm, their offense looks terrible. Dallas doesn't look good. I'm going to go with Buffalo at three. Day four. First off, how could you even breathe the Ravens I, at well, three? I didn't. How could I didn't, you even breathe that? I, I didn't. Mean, I, I just put on there that, that I'm looking at all the teams with nine and three, eight and four records. It just happened to be the Ravens. I mean, you know, a win's a yeah, win. You, okay, you said Buffalo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, well, I, I got to go with Kansas City. Yep. Even though they did Absolutely. lose today, that actually was a great game today. Yeah. Kansas yeah, City. I mean, still, Cincinnati. Yeah. Tricky. So. Five. Well, you said it, Jordan, uh, about the Bengals. I, I mean, knew it was coming. Well, they ha- you have to. I mean, it, it's it's not even a, a question at this point. I mean, That's why they, I'm going to let you pick them, Tricky. Well, yes, you don't get in trouble with your fan base, but the game they had today against Kansas City, and uh, I don't know any quarterback I would trust more with a game on the line than Joe Burrow right now, dude. The Bengals all the way for this pick. So this leaves me at five. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. I hope they don't make me look stupid here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys at five. Dave, six. Six. Let's see. This is uh, – I, I got to go with the Dolphins at six. Even after getting killed today? You know I mean, well, what do you mean put the, the Giants there that tied us? Uh, the 49ers. They beat them. <sighs> I know it's hard to do with Jimmy G being out, but you got to respect them. But no, that's your pick. That's your oh, pick. You, you ain't respecting nobody all year long. What yeah. are you talking about? Come on, man. I respect. I respect you every day, Dave. But that's your pick. That's your say, pick. We're I'm gonna, gonna stay. say the Dolphins. Yep, that's yeah, fine. I'm say the Dolphins. Tricky seven. Well, let's see. So that means I still have one more pick left. In case I want to throw my Raiders on there at the end. <laughs> Boy, they're hot, son. Uh, but uh. Yeah, I, the Jets. I can't put them up there. The Giants. Uh, I'll leave. I'll leave the Commanders for Dave's last pick. The Genos haven't really impressed me much lately. Since it's my pick and I can pick whatever I want, probably the hottest team in the NFL right now after starting off one and six, the Detroit Lions. Put them on the board. Yeesh. Yeesh. So that leaves me with. Eight. Well, since you did that tricky, I'm not going to leave because if I don't pick them, they're not going to get beyond. I mean, there. this is week to week. Yeah, it's not. It's not right. a, a right. season award. This Agree. is week to week. Agree. I gave Dave crap for not picking the 49ers, but if I don't pick my boys, no matter how bad the offense looks, the defense looks pretty good, and you can say what you want. Denver's defense is great, but I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens, led by Snoop himself, eight and four, a win to win. What's that? Five out of the last six games with W. So that's pretty hot. Ravens at eight. Dave nine. Let's see nine. I can't believe you just said that. 
They're eight and four, son. It's better than the Detroit yeah, Lions. You, Come you, on, son. You, you contradict everything you said. The rest of it. The Redskins have been winning every week, and like you give them no credit whatsoever. And now all of a sudden you're gonna run off. Well, we won five, but you had three points on the board with like thirty some what thirty some seconds left in the game against the. We didn't lose Broncos. and we didn't tie. If that had been anybody else, you would have ripped them. Uh, just real quick, um, I'm pretty sure the Broncos are averaging 12 points a game on the defense. I don't care. What's their record? I don't care what the record is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You've been saying how terrible they were for all year long, and now you're giving yourself credit. Hey, when's a win? number nine. Say, that's just too much. That's just too much. Tricky, number 10. You might as well do it. What, put the Raiders on there? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How is it too much for the Commanders to be nine, but the Ravens to be eight? Why are you guys so much better than us right now? The Commanders are fourth in their division. Fourth in a division that's got all four teams in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I I just want to know why are you all so – why do you gauge us so low when we've done nothing but win? I wish the NFL had – How many weeks? I wish the NFL had bowl games. I would love to see the Ravens versus Redskins. I would love it. They have a bowl game. It's called the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, we know so. the Redskins ain't making that far. Come on. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Tyler Huntley's going mean, to take you there. I mean, Tricky, let me ask you, how, where do you see us? How much worse are we than the Ravens right now? Defensively, I think you're a much better ball club. Oh, my gosh. You. Come on, dude. No. Dude, they've got like 30 sacks on their defensive line. I don't care line. what they got. You cannot compare their defense to ours. No, no. They've got a great their defensive line. better than yours. That's no. what I'm trying to tell them. It's a lot better than yours this year. Hope all our listeners are listening. Hey, real quick. Broncos week one lose by hey, one. Another thing. Did you all play the Giants? Yeah, we played them. Did you beat them? No, we lost them. Did you all beat them? Okay, then. Did you all beat them? Okay. Did you all beat them? lose to them. Did you beat them? We did, did we lose to them? You didn't beat them though. Well, for that matter, the Raiders haven't lost to them either. So uh, week week we'll probably, three, and we and we and we and and in two weeks, I might be saying we did beat them. Week that's three, right. week three, Broncos lose by one to the Four ers So that's two games they lost by a total of two points. They lost by a total of three points to the Colts, three points to the Chargers, uh, seven points to the Jets. Okay, but who, who's the four best points team to the beat? Jaguars? Who's the best team the Ravens have beat? I'm gonna let me pull it up for you. Yeah, I mean, we, we did beat the Bengals. We did beat the Bengals. Okay, you beat the Bengals. They're number four in the eight, power eight, rankings. Eight and four Bengals. Okay. Um, let's see. When I mean, was we that? beat the Eagles. We, we, beat, we, the we beat the Buccaneers. Okay, what's the Buccaneers record? Under 500. No, they're not. Yeah, okay. They're bad. They're, no, no, no. I'm no, pretty no, sure no, their no, whole no, division no, is no, under 500. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. They're five and six. Okay, so under 500. All right. So under 500. So give me another one. All right, all right. I won't count that one. Let's see here. Patriots, Jets. What's what's the Patriots record? They're, they're six and six. Six right and now, six. So, yeah. so okay. Beat New Who England up? six and six. Beat the Jets seven and five. Beat the Bengals eight and four. Uh, Tampa Bay's five and six. Carolina's four and eight. Saints four and eight. Haven't played the Falcons yet. But then, just real quick, um, who have you all beat that are besides the Eagles? Well, besides, we beat the Eagles. Yeah, besides the Eagles. Okay, we, we tied the Giants. We didn't lose. Stop, them. stop talking about ties. Nobody cares about it's ties. Seven and four, right? Oh, you beat the Colts. They're loading. Beat the Packers. Yeah. They're loading. Beat the beat Bears. The, they're oh, loading. The Packers are five and eight. Yeesh. Hey, Packers are gonna make the playoffs. Yeesh. Yeah, and oh, we lost got to the, the Lions. Left, mm. The Forty ers left, and the Cowboys. Lost to the Jaguars like us. Yeesh. So. Yeesh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not sitting here like I haven't put us on the power rankings every week. 
but yet every week, but then you lay it down there like you beat, you haven't really beat nobody. So you're telling me the Ravens are not a top ten every week? No, not this week. Absolutely not. They no. shouldn't have been top ten last week. Why shouldn't they have been last week? You lost last week. So automatically, exactly. because you lose, you're out of it. Well, no, it's week to week though. It's week to week basis. Hmm. I'm doing week to week compared with overall though. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, convenient. So when do I get to pick number 10 next week's yeah, podcast? Go ahead, Trey. Hit your 10. <laughs> All right. Well, I think they've fallen uh, far enough. We haven't mentioned the San Francisco 49ers. I know that Jimmy Garoppolo went down, but they drafted a quarterback this year with the final pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant out of Iowa State, Brock Purdy, whose brother Chubba Purdy um, – was once Florida State's quarterback, is now a backup for the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers at quarterback. I think Brock Purdy is enough to keep the ball rolling there in um, San Francisco, and I don't think they should fall out of the top ten. Everybody, this is the kind of knowledge you get at Turtleheads. You're not going to get that anywhere else. No other podcast has that information, but we do. Hey, Chris, I had to jump on him when Lee wasn't on. You see that? That's right. I couldn't, I couldn't take the ganging up all, every week, so I had to jump on him when he wasn't here. Yeah, you got to take advantage of it when uh, when, yeah. when he's not uh, when he's not outnumbering you two to one. I feel you. What do yeah. we got? How many weeks we got left? Six, five, five weeks. Something like that. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of football left. Well, you have. Uh, uh, trust me, like with us, it could go one of two ways because it's lined up. We got teams in front of us to see we're playing. So that's your couple of games. We'll be in the playoffs. That's your power rankings. So normally we start off with teams that win. Uh, the Raiders and Ravens did win, but you know, not very often you get to see a tie, Tricky. That's, That's kind of like kissing your sister. So Dave, go ahead, kick us off with your uh, your <laughs> yeah, you, your recap. You had you had to get there. Yeah, look, I don't even know how to feel about it. I was I was happy when he missed the field goal at the end, and then I'm like, should I be happy because we just tied? But it's better than a loss. It didn't put us in any worse shape. I don't think a loss would have. So. Bottom line is, I felt like it's a game we should have won. I, did, did you watch any of the game? No. I was yeah, I did. They, they, they picked up a flag right before halftime on a pass interference, like right on the goal line, that it, was, it looked like it was clear pass interference, but they picked it up. Can I ask Let you? Let that be said. But I, still, even in overtime, I felt like when we got down like close to field goal range, like their play calling got really conservative, and it cost us a chance at a field goal to win the game. Like, I mean, we were like third and four. We ran a screen pass, and we had moved the ball pretty good. So I'm not totally happy with with the play call in overtime. And 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 Heineke still scares me to death. It's like every time he drops back to throw, I mean, he's winning games, but his arm strength is just so scary. It's like we got nothing downfield, but we're winning games. The defense has been playing great. I thought they played good today. I mean, a couple penalties cost us. All in all, the schedule's lined up for us that basically if we if we win a couple games, we'll make the playoffs. Well, Dave, is if the we lack... Don't, we don't deserve to make the playoffs. Is the so. lack of trust in Heineke why uh, they were being so conservative? I mean, that's the way it looked to me. It's I like... mean, maybe so. I just – I don't think he's got the arm strength to throw the ball downfield like more than 20 yards, like, on you know, on a rope. You know what I mean? You don't have a quarterback on your roster that can do that, I don't think. Yeah, the, the deep ball, it, it floats, and that's trouble in the NFL. So I think they're being very creative with how they call plays. 
And I think we got Robinson is a good – I think he's going to be a good NFL running back. No so, argument there with Robinson. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think we got a good receiving core, but we're still – I mean, I mean, he's winning games. What is he as a starter now? I think I saw a stat last year. He's like – I think he's 9-2 and two in his last 11 starts or something like that. Well, so, I mean, that, that, that's pretty impressive, right? I, you, you can't knock winning um, yeah, unless I mean, you but, die, but – no, yeah. No, so far, so good. Exactly. But they, uh, that's actually. But I'm not. I'm not overconfident right yet. I'm confident enough to put him in the power ranks at number nine, though. But, oh sure. But I'm not. That's still that's a game we should have won today. I thought we should have won. We jumped out on them ten to nothing. And I knew I knew that wasn't gonna last. I mean, the, they had like Daniel Daniel Jones looked like an all pro against us today. Against that great so, defense, that's crazy. Yeah, well, the defense. Look, look up the numbers. You I can mean, say what you want. We actually shut I down an All Pro. Defense is ranked higher than the Ravens' defense in NFL right now. All right, tricky. Let's move on to your Raiders. Give it to us. Well, never impressive in victory, but uh, we're winning ball games. Uh, I almost put them in the uh, power rankings this week, but uh, I have to be the level-headed uh, member of the uh, podcast. Um. I'm still not taking Josh McDaniels off the hot seat for anyone that wants to know. Uh, and uh, normally I say Derek Carr is why we're winning, but not so today. Through threw a pick six uh, early in the game. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, between him and Devontae Adams, those guys are monsters, dude. And, uh, again, not an impressive victory today. It was still a close one, but we did expose the uh, – San Diego Char- or Los Angeles Chargers for the frauds that I've been saying they are uh, mm-hmm. all season. I think we can stop talking about how great Justin Herbert is. Agree. Um, but uh, now things are looking up. Uh, but yeah, Josh McDaniels can't come off the hot seat because I don't see what he's doing to uh, make us any better. We just got guys with a lot of heart that could have given up on the season. Just like last year with all that was going on, they could have all laid down, but uh, they got a lot of fight in them. And, uh, Interesting to see what happens um, for the rest of the season because with all these injuries that have come up the last couple of weeks, it's going to be a free-for-all the last few weeks of the season. Some of the teams we thought were good may just fall by the wayside. Maybe uh, Brock Purdy can't carry San Francisco. Maybe Tyler Huntley can't be uh, a poor man's Lamar Jackson Um so, yeah, there's a lot of questions to be answered in the next few weeks of the NFL season. I'm excited for it. Uh, but a win's a win, and I'll take it. And then we'll move on to the offensive-powered Baltimore Ravens. There were some boos in the crowd today. I saw a video of Greg Roman leaving the stadium, and there were hundreds of fans waiting for him to leave, booing him. The only good news is Stanford has reached out. Uh, to him talking about being their next head coach. Stanford, if you're listening, maybe they're in Hickory, North Carolina, and uh, maybe they're on vacation. If you're listening to AD, Stanford, I know what your name is. Hire Greg Roman. He's your man. Um, Other than that, it was a sloppy, terrible game. There was the end of the half. Tyler Huntley came in the second quarter. Uh, end of the half, came in, uh, had a chance to get a field goal in the half. The clock ran out. We spiked the ball with zero seconds left. It's just... It was ugly day. It's, it's it's what you expect when your starting quarterback goes out. Um, don't quite know what the injury situation is with Lamar. 
Uh, Ronnie Stanley was out again this week. Patrick Queen got carted off. So I'm just hoping this isn't a repeat of last year where the injuries start piling up. Um, Tyler Huntley really is a great backup quarterback. A poor man's Lamar Jackson. I mean, there was someone I was talking to earlier. They said they didn't even know Lamar was out because they were watching. They didn't recognize the number two was in. They look alike. They carry themselves alike. They have the same style. The only thing I will say, I think Tyler Huntley is actually a better pocket passer than Lamar. Um, arm strength is not what Lamar is. Um, but another little, did you know, every time Lamar has been hurt in the, his five years, it's been out of the pocket or been in the pocket. So for all those people that say he gets hurt out of the pocket, he's never got hurt out of the pocket. But hopefully it's nothing bad. Maybe rest him for a couple weeks, just time for the playoffs. Um, I would love to see Greg Roman take the job and then put in. I mean, I'll take anybody. I mean, come on now. Um, Jim Caldwell for the 2012 Super Bowl champions called the offensive plays. I don't think Jim Caldwell is an offensive genius. I think he just did what needed to be done. And sometimes I think that Greg Roman's the uh, what's the old Chicago Bears coach uh, Mark Tessman. A lot oh, of these Trustman, Trustman, yeah. yeah. A lot of these guys try to be more than what they are. Football is pretty simple when you think about it. Ravens have a great running game. We've gone so far away from the running game in the past couple weeks. It's just keep it simple, stupid is what we need to go back to. I mean, look at Mike McCarthy. We're watching the Sunday night game. That man has not reinvented the wheel. He's the same coach he was in in Green Bay. He just does the same thing. Just keep it simple, stupid. I'm not saying Dallas is a Super Bowl favorite by any means, but they're doing enough to win to get themselves in the playoffs to see what happens. I still think the Ravens make the playoffs. Um, hopefully we get it together here in the next five to six weeks and get it rolling, win the division. Because, like we said, Cincinnati is barreling down our throats real quick. Well, uh, talking about Tyler Huntley, no, he may not have the downfield arm strength of uh, Lamar Jackson, but I think he's a more precise passer. Agree. And he showed some real zip on the balls that he was throwing under 20 yards. Yep. I mean, look, there's not as many big, strong arm quarterbacks in the league anymore. It's almost are... like the Heineken thing we were just talking about. Well, exactly. Yep. I, I wanted to draw that comparison. And, uh, you know, dink and dunk seems to be the way to go. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, when he was healthy, he wasn't putting the ball in the air for 40 yards and having anybody run up underneath of it. And even Patrick Mahomes, who has the arm, uh, he doesn't really bomb at all that much because it's much safer uh, to hit a guy short and let him uh, do a, a move or two and take off. Um, well, what I what I think the advantage is in Baltimore, and maybe why I ride them so high, is because Tricky, you're older than me, but on the barely, back, yeah, barely. But one thing that you've always heard when it comes to playoffs, defense wins championships. We've always heard that. I think Baltimore has a great defense. Of course, it's not the 2000 defense. It's not the best defense in the league. New defensive coordinator. We're starting to get our feet. That's pass interference. Starting to get our feet underneath ourselves, And with the best kicker in the world and a good defense, borderline great defense, our offense doesn't need to put up 50 to 60 points a game. 21 to 28 points a game, and Ravens should win majority of those games. So, I'm not, once again, I've said it multiple times this year, I'm not hitting the panic button. A win's a win. I'll take it. I always rather win than tie or lose. So we'll go from there, and we worry about next week. But other than that, that's the Ravens, Raiders, Redskins recap. Say that fast three times. I was actually just going to try and all think I can. Right. <laughs> so our NFL pick'ems. I got the guys to text them to me just because Lee's sick. Dave had to do it over the phone. Tricky and me forgot to do it all together. So I've got everybody's picks here real quick. Lee is at 38 and 26. Tricky is at 33 and 21. 
and myself and Dave are tied with 33 and 31. So let's go over Lee's picks first. Lee has his favorites as the Bengals minus four. His dog are the Jets plus nine and a half. His over is Eagles Giants 45. His under is Raiders and Rams 43. And his lock are the Bengals minus four. Dave's picks this week. His favorite are the Titans minus three and a half against the Jags. His dogs are the Vikings plus one and a half versus the Lions. His over, Dallas and Houston over 44 and a half. His under is Vikings and Lions 53 and a half. And his lock are the Bengals minus four against the Browns. Tricky's picks this week. His dogs are also the Vikings plus one against the Lions. His favorite is the Cowboys minus 17 against the Texans. His over Raiders and Rams over 44. His under Ravens and Steelers under 37. And his lock, the Cowboys minus 17. And my picks this week, my favorite is going to be San Francisco minus three and a half over the Buccaneers. I'm going to have my dog this week is the Ravens plus three against the Steelers. My over, Los Angeles Chargers versus Miami, 52. My under, Chiefs versus Broncos, under 43. And my lock, Titans, minus 3.5. So I've had to twist Tricky's arm here. We're running late tonight. We're running light duty. This is uh, Turtlehead's light. We've lost connection to Sunday Night Football right here in front of our eyes. Lee's got COVID. Dave's putting twins to bed. So what other Turtleheads did you want talking about the World Cup than Tricky and Jordan? Go! With that said, USA does not know how to score them. That's all I got for you. They lost the Netherlands. They made it to what we call the kickout stage. They did lose. Uh, I guess we congratulate because we made it that far. Whatever, whatever. Offense looks terrible. As for what Dave's told me, I didn't even watch the game. Did you watch the game, Dave? Yeah, or Tricky? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I, I save my game watching for when our Mark Messier makes the uh, the run to the World Cup. I don't know, are they even still in it? Do you know, Tricky? Oh, I do, and I was waiting for my time to shine because uh, I believe I said Argentina was going to win this World Cup. Uh, they lost early, but uh, the artist formerly known as Lionel Messi uh, did score a goal uh, in their last game, and uh, with some of the powerhouse teams uh, losing and getting knocked out like we did, uh, Germany's out, Mexico's out, um, you want to go over the remaining teams? We got it right here. Sure. We have Netherlands and Argentina have advanced to the quarterfinals. That's right. France and England have advanced to the quarterfinals. Monday, we had Japan versus Croatia, as some would call them. Right. But I guess they pronounce it Croatia. They do over there, yes. Yes. Uh, Brazil versus South Korea. Morocco, known for their Moroccans, is playing Spain and Portugal and Switzerland. So if on paper, I guess you see Japan advancing brazil advancing spain advancing portugal advancing that's just based on me and you's knowledge so that would leave the quarterfinals with those four teams england france argentina netherlands so i'm with you i think the road looks good for england i think the road looks good for argentina england's got a tough game uh if they have to play france um i'm guessing that's what it's going to be let me click on the right uh, yep. and uh don't sleep on south korea excellent club there um 
but I, I think uh, between Argentina and Brazil, you might have your uh, your winner amongst those two teams. But uh, you got anything else? No, but I'm glad we covered uh, soccer because, again, I called out uh, Matt Curtis last week, and uh, he's definitely on board. He is an AWL, and Matt Curtis, welcome to the circle. AWLs far few in between, but uh, that soccer minute was for you from. Tricky and Jordan, don't get much better than that. Go USA. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Jones Creek Design. You can follow him on Instagram. All custom woodworking is completed, made right here in Somerset County. So give him a follow. Maybe get some custom woodwork done for you. I have a couple things hanging up in the studio. American flag, a monk sign with the O from Orioles and monk. Um, have a lot of good things from Jones Creek Design. So, once again, thank you to our sponsor. Give him a follow. Uh, check out all his great stuff that he makes. But if you all could, like and subscribe. We thank you for listening today. And as always, be safe and let me be the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Now, the real moment everybody's been waiting for. Tricky Trivia. It is the holiday season, so here's a little Christmas trivia for you. I've always been told that you should pronounce Christmas, not Xmas, but it's actually okay because the X in Xmas stands for the letter Chi, which is the letter C in the Greek alphabet. C is the first letter in Christ, so the X actually stands for Christ, it is a proper way of shortening Christmas. Little bonus note, the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was written by a Montgomery Wards employee who, much like Rudolph, was bullied as a child and his daughter really liked reindeer. So he wrote the story. It became a coloring book that they gave out at the former department store Montgomery Wards. Then a song was written, and the rest is history. But now that you know about keeping the X in Christmas and the true story of Rudolph, something that was never said tonight on the podcast, I'll be the one to say it. Jordan, cue the music. You know Dash of a Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall, what's that? The most famous reindeer of all.